Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on June 21st, 2019. Live, love, leave a legacy, and laugh. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, principle, purpose, and passion. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, uh, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership, with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie Kelly, how are you today? I'm thrilled because it's the last day of the work week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, ring the bell. Ring, ring the bell. It's Friday. <laughs> Yeah. That, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use your phrase, so I'm trying. I was trying to figure out another way to word it, instead of <laughs> "It's Friday" or "Happy Friday." It's the last day of the work week, and I'm happy. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that it's it the is. last day of the work week. Work. I'll figure it out, Kelly. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, and you know what I say? Happy Friday, everybody. Um, yes. Here, yeah. I'm walking to the other part of my office. I have a little something for Jackie because she. Uh, there you go. There's the bell. Ring the bell. Ring the Friday bell. Oh, I hear it. I okay. hear it. I hear it. You got to get a microphone on that. Make it a little louder. Hold I, on. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Hold on. Ready? Yeah. There you go. Okay. okay. Better. All right. Okay. That's better. That 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 makes What's it official. That? It's Friday. Wasn't Wasn't that a, a song where they blow the whistle, ding the bell, blow the whistle? Joe, what song was that from like the seventies or eighties where they um, where they do that. Okay, we're gonna have to think about that. Bang the drum so the next slowly. Maybe. No, that's a movie. <laughs> no, geez, they, are, are you oh thinking of the cowbell? Are you thinking of the cowbell? No, I love. Blue Oyster no, Cult. I love the cowbell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll uh, I'll mute okay. my, mute myself for a little while and try to figure that out. Uh, not now, but a, a little bit later in the show. Um, how how is everybody? So, are we good? We're. we're we're wonderful. How how are things going I'm, on with I'm, the chamber? Yeah. Um, this, things are going on with the chamber, but you know, I have a question for you, Joe. I'm feeling feisty this morning, so I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to your opening. Yeah. Okay, principle, purpose, passion. I think there was one more P in there. Um, and I'm like, yeah. Is it principle or principal? Are we talking pals <laughs> or poles? We're, huh. we're talking poles. <laughs> principle. Pulls. Purpose, passion, principle. And persistence. Principle, principles, not persistence. Not there the we office, go. Persistence. Not, persistence. not the office we get sent to when we're bad. Principles. We have <laughs> right. principles. Hey, we're right. going to the principal. Well, you know how to spell principal. <laughs> right? The one at schools with P A L because the principals are always your friends, so they're not always bad. Right. You know, maybe you got sent to the principal's office because you were bad, Jackie. But not every visit oh, to I, the principal's I, office is bad. That's oh right. boy, I got sent to the principal. Yeah, all of my visits to the principal's office were bad. Just, just, just it was <laughs> private school. All of my visits were bad. So forget that. Forget that myth. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. Well, um, we were. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, well, we. Right oh. You have what? Mm. I'm going to be quiet. You we go will. ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I was going to say, well, we were a little bit bad and had a little shenanigans going on at the chamber this week. We had um, our summer chamber mixer on Wednesday night um, at the Mm -hmm. Shade Manhattan Beach rooftop deck up on the sky deck. And it happened to be National Martini Day. So Uh all types of martinis were flowing. Uh, and granted, that was not last night. That was the night before. Um, but it was quite fun. Right. We had about about 80, uh, almost 100 people show up. And you know what I love about chamber mixers is you get your chamber members, then you get their friends, and then you have people who are just interested in, you know, want to check out the chamber and join it, or maybe they come from another nearby chamber. But it's always kind of an eclectic group. And it was funny, mm-hmm. we had several new people. We had several people checking it out, wanted to see what it was all about. And um, it was, you know, that was, it was kind of an interesting night to do that because the martinis, it was kind of funny. That, you know, the, the, the volume of the conversation got louder and louder and louder throughout the night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some, you know, new members and some, you know, uh, people who were checking us out completely, you know, had fun and got involved. And then there was a few other faces where you could tell they were getting a little overwhelmed. They're like, wow, this is a lively group. <laughs> um, but we had fun. And, of course, Shade, as you know, Shade Manhattan and Shade Redondo is always so generous and gracious in opening, you know, their facilities to all of us mm-hmm. in the South Bay. But mm-hmm. the sky deck at Shade Manhattan Beach is just always spectacular. The sun came out for us a little bit. Like we had those, you know, perfect chamber commerce clouds that were kind of floating like little pillows in the sky at the sunset and uh, or maybe they just looked that way because of the martinis. But it got you know pretty it was a yeah, pretty possibly. evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh we had a lot of fun. But I just love I love seeing new faces and you know, that goes for when they just pop into the office and say hello. I had a couple of different people this week pop in to the office and you know, uh, a gentleman popped in yesterday from Torrance, he's a new financial advisor and looking to network and stuff and you know, wanted to find out all about us. And right before he popped in, I had just um, hung up on a phone call with a really exciting company. You might have heard or seen it. I'm hoping they join. I think they're going to. Um, it's called Let Us Grow. Yeah, have you uh-huh. seen that yet? It's, that's that little unit that kind of magically yes. grows, you know, just turbocharges, tur- you know, um, vegetables and herbs and stuff. Well, I had an amazing conversation with them yesterday. It's such a fun such a fun group, great product. And um, Alberto, who is like their senior kind of sales rep, development guy, says to me, you know, I thought this conversation was going to be boring. I'm really pleasantly surprised, Kelly. (laughs) You're not boring. (laughs) And I started laughing. And I'm like, I don't think anything about me is boring. But, um, you know, he's like, I'm so pleasantly surprised. And he goes, the chambers, you know, I always thought were kind of boring. I'm like, no, 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 we're not boring. We're we're all about having fun and connecting. So um, it was kind of a week of all of that, you know, having a lot of different conversations, which is just always interesting. And you guys get to do that all the time because you have guests on your show that are so diverse. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you both are going to live until you're like 110 because you're learning every single day. And they say <laughs> when you learn something, you, you live longer. So, Joe and Jackie, you're going to be 110. I got news for you. I hope your savings is good. I want to live longer oh, well, than you know, Larry King. You know something? You see, you see, this is not something I've ever aspired to. I would, I'd be happy making it to 80 as long as I'm in good health. You know, I've never Correct. been one of those people. I, I ask people, I ask people, why do you want to live to a hundred? I, I, I've, I've, I don't get, don't get me wrong. I love to learn. I'm always learning. I, it's just, you know, um, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. But okay, if I'm going to live longer, I'm, I'm okay. But that's a good segue into our show. But um, it's sort of the opposite <laughs> of the topic of our show. Uh, but you know, Kelly, hmm. uh, do, do you have any any other updates, chamber updates for us? Yes, there are a few other things coming up. Um, first of all, real okay. quickly, I did um, the residence in by Marriott on 
uh, Sepulveda in Manhattan Beach, kind of right by Manhattan Beach Toyota. It's right just north of uh, Manhattan Beach Toyota. They had their re-grand opening mm-hmm. party this week. Um, if you recall, for the last, gosh, year plus, they've been undergoing a, a extensive renovation. They pretty much, you know, gutted all mm-hmm. the rooms. They, they built a new facility. They took their basketball court and kind of, you know, built a, a gym on that. And they redid all the rooms and upgraded them and uh, the meeting rooms, everything. It is fantastic. I, I was blown away. I went over for the re-grand opening, met the owners, one of which who lived here in Manhattan Beach. And it is a beautiful facility. If anybody's looking for that, you know, kind of extended stay or quick stay or they need to have their floors redone, they need to be out of their house for three days. Um, with family, all the rooms have kitchens. They have these penthouse kind of suites, like little condos that are two levels so the kids can be downstairs, parents can be upstairs. I was so impressed with that facility and what they've done. It, the, the remodel is truly fantastic, and I encourage people to, you know, think about that property if you um, need kind of a staycation or if you have family and friends or big groups coming into town because it's impressive. I And everybody was saying, oh, good. Thing, like, wow, 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 wow. So, and they put Beaubridge's art in all throughout their hotel, which I love. They use oh, the artists. yeah. We love that yeah. when that happens. So um, they've got the beach vibe, and um, it's nice and clean and, and sparkling for everybody. Um, let's see. We've got a couple events coming up uh, this today, actually, from starting at 10 a.m. There's a kind of a shop for a cause. We always love those at Gumtree. And Gumtree is offering – this is for PFLAG. And, you know, PFLAG is a local local organization actually, yes. that we're going to have on in a few, few weeks. Um, they serve the LGBTQ community and the families and friends of such. It's kind of a support um, group. And they're having a shopping day um, at Gumtree. So everybody uh, come out to Gumtree, Manhattan Beach, on uh, right downtown Manhattan Beach, next to Pete's Coffee, and shop. And a percent of the proceeds goes directly to PFLAG. Ten percent goes to PFLAG. So that's always fun okay. to shop for a cause. And um, what else do we have coming up? We've got uh, summer camps are in full swing. And then, oh, hey, here's your segue, Jackie. We have a okay. egg freezing 101 event uh-huh. on June 26th, <clears throat> this coming week, 7 to 9 p.m. at Salt Creek Grill. Egg freezing. And we're not talking the type of eggs that you crack. So um, I'm going to let you take it from there and let our guests explain what that means. Yes, we're not playing with Easter eggs, are we, Joe? (laughs) No, we are not. And and I I just think one of the most exciting periods in the life of, uh, you know, a family can be uh, when they start a family. And, you know, for us, uh, my wife and I, it was never um, an issue or difficult. Uh, we have three wonderful, beautiful, healthy, intelligent children, but it is a struggle for some families and they need help. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jackie, who's our guest today? Our guest this morning is Dr. Lauren Sundheimer. Now, Dr. Lauren is a fertility specialist with the renowned Southern California Reproductive Center. She recently opened a new office in the South Bay and is excited to be able to provide infertility and fertility preservation services to our community. Now, Dr. Lauren is a true SoCal girl. She started out at UC San Diego, then went to medical school at UC Irvine. She specialized in obstetrics and gynecology at UCLA and went on to subspecialize in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at the combined UCLA Cedar Sinai program. Most recently, she moved to Manhattan Beach, where she is happily settling into the neighborhood. Spanning the entire spectrum of fertility care, Dr. Lauren's clinical interests range from the diagnosis and management of infertility to family planning and building, egg freezing, and beyond. She's a big proponent of empowering individuals to take charge of their reproductive health and does educational outreach. Now, as Kelly mentioned, Dr. Lauren is going to be hosting Egg Freezing 101, Everything You Need to Know About Fertility Preservation on Wednesday, June 26th at Salt Creek Grill from 7 to 9 p.m. Welcome to the program, Dr. Lauren. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you so much, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, I'm pretty good at those. (laughs) (laughs) 
we we are so thrilled to have you. As I as I said, you know, uh, my wife and I have had a wonderful experience uh, with uh, growing our children. Our children are now older. My youngest is is almost 25. Uh, but the key is some families don't have it so easy. Um, and uh, we want to start with that, uh, Dr. Sondheimer, because it is a very sensitive subject in the beginning. People don't necessarily talk about it with their friends and family. They just say, oh, yeah, we're going to have, you know, a family. And then they try and they try and they try, and it doesn't happen. Tell us about that transition. Yeah, so unfortunately, infertility or kind of struggling to conceive is, is pretty common. It's about one in eight couples. So chances are that either you or somebody you know is affected, and it's something that, as you said, not everybody feels comfortable talking about. Um, but I do think that mm. people are starting to discuss it more and more. In general, if, mm. if a couple is trying to conceive and they haven't had much success, um, meaning they haven't had a positive pregnancy test or they just haven't been able to figure out timing and things like that, we always recommend they come in to have a discussion or for evaluation. But really, the definition of infertility is regular, unprotected intercourse for six months um, if you're under, or if you're over 35, excuse me, and for a year if you're under 35. And at that point, then we would strongly recommend you come in uh, for an evaluation. Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. it always been those? Has it always been that percentage, doctor? Has it always been about one in eight, or is that a, a new phenomenon? You know, it's a little bit hard to say. It, it probably is. A lot of people didn't used to talk about it, but there's really been a big trend recently where women are waiting later to have children, and so you see more of the age effect. And so fertility goes down with time. It's at your peak when you're in your 20s, and as women start waiting longer and longer to have their children, then their fertility just naturally is going down. So there is an, an age factor that's coming into play. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because people used to have kids early, much earlier back in back in the mm-hmm. back in the olden days. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, now we have the technology and the ability to preserve fertility. So that's why egg freezing is becoming a very common and popular thing because we can freeze eggs and and stop the aging clock so that when a woman wants to focus on her career or finding the right partner or whatever it is that's going on in her life, she's able to do that without feeling the pressure of knowing that her fertility is going down. Well, let let me ask you something because, you know, uh, how, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, I I can't be sure of the, the dates, but, you know, there was a span of time there where, all of these older Hollywood women, celebrities, were were having babies. And I didn't pay that much attention to it. You know, I when I'm in the doctor's office, I pick up a People magazine. You know, that's how I learn about this stuff. Or, you know, I'm cooking dinner and one of the uh, Entertainment Tonight or something is on. You know, I, I don't pay much attention to it. But you hear it. It's background noise. You know, Madonna's having a baby at 40. This one's having a baby at 50, you know. Um, age does play a factor. No matter how healthy you are and all the yoga you do, how strong you are, you know, nutri- you know uh, how well you eat, when it comes to having children, age is the number one factor. And, I, you know, as I said, I was aware of all this stuff peripherally until I mentioned, I said something about somebody having, you know, a baby at 45, and they said, it's not necessarily her egg. And I was like, what? And, and somebody was saying, no, you hear all these, all these celebrity people having kids at 40 and 45. They, they're like, they're not necessarily their eggs or they're not carrying them or, you know, tell, tell us about that. Because, you know, it's not something I thought about, Dr. Lauren, you know, but it is. Ages, you can't fight aging when it comes to fertility until we get to what you're talking about with the egg freezing, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're born as women with all the eggs we're ever going to have. So unlike men who are producing sperm all the time, women only get what they get. And so you start losing eggs um, when you hit puberty and and start regularly ovulating. You only have about 50% of what you were born with. So even though you're, you're going through the motions, you're losing eggs all the time regardless of whatever you do. 
And so just like every other cell in our bodies, our eggs are aging just as the rest. And so the genetics of those eggs go down with time, and they're not as good as when we're younger. So that's partially what's contributing to the decline in fertility with age. And so for women who are older, they have usually less numbers of eggs, and then also the quality of those eggs or the genetics are also not as good. And so uh, for people who are trying to conceive, it often can result in either not having a pregnancy occur or there's increased rates of miscarriage because that's the number one cause of um, miscarriage is having genetically abnormal uh, pregnancies. So that's why it does become <clears throat> harder to conceive. So for people who either no, don't doctor, have... Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, so for people who either don't have eggs that are healthy that can result in healthy pregnancies or they just don't have enough eggs in general, uh, some people will choose to use egg donors where you have a young woman who is healthy and she donates her genetically normal eggs um, so that that woman can then become pregnant. So genetically they're not hers, but she can still carry the pregnancy and influence the pregnancy environment um, to have a child. Okay. No, there is something... There's something to the when you start delving into the the uh the I want to say the magic of uh fertility and female uh I guess gynecological, you know, sort of uh facts. Things like women are born with about 1 to 2 million eggs. And those are the only eggs they will ever have, but only release about three to four hundred during their lifetimes. That is, what is an insane <laughs> uh, sort of number that uh, women are born with, or 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 develop one to two million eggs, but only release three to four hundred during their lifetimes. So they have plenty of eggs that they can maybe pr- preserve when they're young, for when they want to have and conceive children in their later lives, and so forth. Why is that? What, what's the biological advantage of women uh, having so many eggs and only ovulating during their lifetimes, you know, a, a small percentage? What's the biological sort of advantage of that, doctor? So it's a, it's a great question. I don't know if we know everything about it, but in general, so each time a woman has a menstrual cycle and ovulates, Um, At the beginning of that cycle, it's a group of eggs that are kind of predetermined and prepared for ovulation. Only one of them during the cycle gets selected to actually be released, but there is a group each cycle, so more than just that one, that are kind of recruited and ready to go. And so that's why even Mm. though a woman only has so many ovulations, she loses many, many more because you lose the rest of the eggs from that cycle Um, even if you don't ovulate them, they just get reabsorbed. And so with the IVF Mm -hmm. process, we try and take advantage of that. And we try and capture all of the eggs that are prepared and get all of them instead of just the one. And so that's why doing IVF, for example, doesn't increase the time to menopause or it doesn't cause you to lose eggs any sooner because those were eggs you were going to lose anyway. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. interesting. I didn't know that. That's it. So so there's a group of them that come down to the waiting room and they're all there hanging out, ready to go. And then one gets picked and down the chute, and then the others are just kicked out. You, we don't need you anymore. Yep, bye bye. Essentially, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, now that you know that. Like, mm-hmm. That sounds like yeah, that sounds like the answer to Joe's question. There goes your million eggs. Yep. Well, there's always kind of a built-in backup plan because if one isn't doing what it should, then there's another one ready to go. Right. Right. So, is there is there if if the more or less the the rate of uh, infertile uh, couples in the general population one in eight infertility is uh, more or less of a constant. Of course, there can be environmental or sort of uh, risk factors for a particular woman, depending on her lifestyle and her uh, life history. But in general, um, women find it relatively easy to get pregnant. I mean, obviously one in eight don't, but seven in eight or six in eight find it extremely easy to get pregnant. You know, there's the classic, uh, oh, 
oops, you know, it was a surprise, that kind of mm. thing. When, when infertility raises its ugly head, what do people first come to you and say they want to, to do, or what do you recommend that they do? Well, I think that the first thing is always to make sure that all of the things that are necessary for a pregnancy are working. So one part of it is the eggs. Mm. The other part of it is the sperm. So it's not always a female mm. issue. There's a significant percentage mm. of men that have sperm abnormalities or they don't have any sperm. And so even if the egg is there in good quality, obviously you need a sperm there also because it takes two to tango. So checking the male is also an important part. Um, and then for people who right. are trying to conceive the good old-fashioned way, want to make sure that the, the fallopian tubes are open um, because that's actually where the egg gets fertilized. So if there's any sort of blockage or abnormality there, then that's a potential contributor for why a pregnancy isn't occurring. And then same thing that the uterus, where the pregnancy will live and grow, make sure that that's a good home for the pregnancy. So want to evaluate kind of all of the parts and make sure that everything is optimized. And then as far as treatments go, okay. um, it really depends on the couple and if there's any sort of abnormality that's occurring. So mm. you have all the working parts, right? Okay, you come in, they come in to see Dr. Lauren, she checks everybody out, everything's working, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and it's just not happening for them. So what is the – after that make sure everything working part, what is – what is the next step? What I, I'm curious to see the the progression of where you go from. What would what would be the next step? So in general, if a couple has everything evaluated and everything comes back as normal, that's considered unexplained infertility. And that's about a quarter of the patients that we see who come in. So not everybody has a correctable cause. If they have something that's correctable, obviously we would correct it, and then perhaps the couple can go out and resume trying on their own. For people who have unexplained infertility, oftentimes that means that they need a little help from us. And so that could be anything from taking medications to try and stimulate the ovaries to ovulate because some women just don't ovulate on their own. It could also be pairing Hmm. that with an insemination, for example. So you kind of give the eggs a little bit of a boost and you also give the sperm a little bit of a boost. Um, And then there's also in vitro fertilization. And so that's, as I said, we try and, and get all of those eggs to grow from a cycle. We remove them from the body. They get fertilized in a laboratory. And then the embryos that result are grown for about a week or so and then later put back into the woman's body. And the benefit of doing IVF is that we can also do genetic testing of these embryos. So as I was mentioning, the number one cause of miscarriage is genetic abnormalities. We can check the embryos to see what their genetics are and if there are any genetic abnormalities. And then we only put back the healthy embryos that are most likely to result in a healthy pregnancy. Okay, doctor, I want to focus on on what what I think a lot of, the questions out there might be, and and if certainly one of the fears that women have with pregnancy is is uh, a wait, miscarriage. Wait, 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 and, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's do a station break real quick. Let's do the half half hour station break real quick, and then we'll get into this. Okay, I'm sorry, I should have broken in a little sooner. All right. Okay, the cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. We're going <laughs> to come back and tell Stay you tuned. all about. What happens and what's the number one cause of miscarriage right after the break? (laughs) And we do this, ladies and gentlemen. This is the South Bay Show. We do this every week. Today it's Friday, and we're doing the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360 at 8 a.m. every Friday. On Thursdays, we have the South Bay uh, Spotlight, and uh, these are local hyper local podcasts for the South Bay of Los Angeles. Um, we, we focus on uh, Fridays, we focus on the chamber, uh, Manhattan Beach Chamber, the business uh, environment and community government uh, uh, influences in uh, Manhattan Beach and the South Bay. On, on Thursdays, we focus on the general South Bay uh, neighborhood, and uh, we, we'd love for you to join us. Share this with your neighbors and friends. Help us build a community around uh, the, 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 the best uh, 
that the South Bay has to offer. Uh, join us every week, please. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to talk about the number one cause of miscarriages, Dr. Sondheimer. Yes. So unfortunately, miscarriages are pretty common. About 20% of pregnancies do end in miscarriage. And it's sometimes a woman is devastated by this, and it's not necessarily her fault. So that's something that all women should kind of keep in mind, that it's not because of anything she necessarily did. Um, so it, as I said, the most common cause is usually genetics. And even though as mm-hmm. women, our, our genetics is declining in our eggs over time, even young women have abnormalities because reproduction isn't perfect. Um, so even women who are mm-hmm. young and under 35, about 60% of their eggs are normal, which is 40% that aren't. And so that's why it does take some time mm-hmm. for even healthy fertile couples to get pregnant because of this. Um, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's something that that many women suffer with and struggle with and there's support groups and things that are available. Um, and if there's women who have recurrent miscarriages, meaning two or three or, or multiple miscarriages, then that's also something that uh, we can do an evaluation for to determine maybe why that's happening. You know, doctor, right. you know, I've right. had so many friends, I've had so many friends uh, years ago, cause I'm a little older now. So this was a while back, but there's so many friends that suffered miscarriages and, uh, you know, I don't know how I knew it. You know, I read a lot. Maybe that's how I knew it. But that would be the first thing I would always say to them. You know, you go and see them and they're upset and they, they take it so personally. I'm like, no, no, no. There was something wrong with the egg or the sperm. I said there was something wrong. It wasn't supposed to be. You can't feel bad about this, you know. And and, and it's funny because I think, I, think, I think a while back people didn't understand that. Am I am I right on with that, Kelly, Joe, with, with your friends and experiences where? Well, mm-hmm. I, I think what's, what's interesting is there are so many you know, more options today than there ever have been. I mean, I, my boys are now 22 and 20 and, you know, kind of along the same line as what Joe mentioned. It's, you know, I didn't have much of a problem getting pregnant, but I remember uh, the first time, you know, it, I don't know. It took like four months, and to and at, to me at that time was like I kind of got depressed. Like, okay, after like the second or third month, you're like, what? Wait, okay, we made this decision. Why is this happening? And, mm-hmm. and there are it's mm-hmm. probably because you know I was traveling for work and stressed out and doing everything, and and then all of a sudden, you know, careful what you wish for. Boom, yeah, you know, I was pregnant. <laughs> but um, I I have so many friends that that is not the case, and I think. You know, I want to hear from Dr. Lauren when egg freezing started, because I think what's important here is to look at all the options that couples or women right. have now. Because we, I don't think, well, if egg freezing was available uh, 20, 25 years ago, I don't think we were hearing about it, let alone talking about it, you know. So I right, think the right. point, you know, the point is there's options. And, you know, there's more and more um <laughs> women of all ages, whether you're 25, whether you're 30, whether you're 40, you know, going, having the option of freezing their eggs because maybe they're a young professional of any ilk or whatever their profession is. And they're like, you know, I don't want to have kids until I'm 40, but I better do something about it now and take those very fertile eggs and healthy eggs and freeze right. them. There's other women who, you know, maybe they're trying, maybe they're, you know, they're married and they're planning on, you know, having a family and what have you, but um, maybe they get diagnosed with cancer tomorrow, God forbid. And mm. before they start chemo mm. treatments and radiation, they want to freeze their healthy eggs so when they when they beat cancer, they can still have a child. Wow. And so. I think that's what people, that's what we have to educate people in. And there is no taboo. We should be talking about it openly because we have this amazing option. And um, I'd love to hear, um, Dr. Lauren, when, when was like, when did all this, you know, come available? And when was the first case of maybe a frozen egg that, you know, was, um, well, I, I'm not using all the right terminology. You can do this. This is your job. But implanted and became, you know, gestation became, and then that baby was born. Uh, give us a little history on all that. Of course. So it is a relatively new thing. So it's been around. The first pregnancy from a frozen egg was back in 1986. 
Um, but that was only really done as an experimental procedure for people, as you said, with cancer or certain medical conditions. Um, and so because of different various challenges, we really didn't have it become more widely available until 2013. So up until that point, it was considered experimental. But then after, it's really taken off as a viable option for many, many people. Um, freezing sperm has always been around since about the 1950s, and so that's uh, an option for men, especially if they have cancer. As you said, they're having some sort of treatment or things like that, but freezing um, your, your eggs or your sperm or preserving your fertility isn't just for women, so that's another important part to mention. Um, but since 1986, we've been freezing embryos a certain way called vitrification, and then applying that technology to the eggs, we've been able to have much more success, and so that's why now we're able to freeze eggs so readily. Wow. And, now, and do you have, is there any rhyme or reason yet to kind of the average age of the woman who is choosing to freeze her eggs? I mean, are you seeing women as young as in their mid to late 20s, or is it more kind of the 30 to 40 set? You know, who, who, who's taking advantage of this, you know, option? So really it's a full range. I think that there's women in their 20s who are kind of starting to think about this. There's women that are in their 40s that want to see if it's even an option. And really it depends on each individual. Um, it, there's really no downside. If, if you can afford it and you want to preserve your fertility, then I would absolutely recommend it. Um, it is a little bit harder for the people who are younger because they don't really know what's in store for them if, if they're going to be able to conceive on their own and they don't necessarily want to. So I think probably most commonly I see women maybe in their 30s that are interested, and I think that that's a great time because it allows them to still try and, and freeze their fertility in their eggs while they're relatively young and healthy um, and give them options for the future and get a good number to ultimately get a good result. But even freezing eggs doesn't necessarily mean that they need them. A lot of women will do it and just know that they're there uh, for when and if they do need them, but they can get pregnant on their own when they have a partner and are ready, and so they just know that it's there as an option. That's so Interesting. true. I mean, Jackie, I know, well, think about how many um, women we know, women, particularly women in business, you know, and mm-hmm. are just, their heads are down and they're going hard in their business to, you know, to whatever, whatever they are, whether it's their own business and, or whether they're you know, building their career in, in a company. But, the, you know, I think the average age of marriage in California, let alone Southern California, is probably uh, skews a little bit older than the rest, you know, the oh, other yeah. parts of the country, you know, and to, uh, to be able to be, to uh, yeah, just like you're planning your career, you're planning your finances, you're planning everything, to be able to plan and go, you know, I know, and whether they're married or not, or, you know, I'm not, I don't want to have children until I, whatever, I'm 35, let's just say, you know, but to right. be, you know, I want to have the um, insurance a little bit of freezing my healthy eggs now when I'm, whatever, 28, 32, 30, whatever, and then have the mm-hmm. option mm-hmm. of using them later. I mean, that's the dialogue that needs to start happening. I think there's so many women who are, you know, just go so hard. They build their career. They build their business. And then all of a sudden, you know, whatever, when they're 38, approaching 40, maybe they're like, you know, they're like, I want to have a child. Holy cow, what am I going to do? And had they planned ahead of time, just like you do for retirement and college and other things, they would have that option. And that's where I think that's the a, conversation yeah. is a shift. Absolutely. Yeah. I can agree more. Yeah. And you also, know, for women who ahead, are, are ahead, married or they have a partner, they can freeze embryos too. So it's not just eggs that are frozen. You can actually fertilize the eggs if you have somebody that you want to have a child with and, and freeze those for the future. So there's lots of options. You can freeze eggs, you can freeze sperm, you can fertilize the eggs and freeze embryos. So there's options for everybody across the board. That just blow, that blows that's amazing. That's blowing my mind, blowing all of our minds. I had no <laughs> idea you could do that. So, so I yeah, have that, it's, it's that very question, Dr. Sunheimer. I have that ahead, question. Go. The question is, mm-hmm. let's say you have an embryo. You, there's someone that you want to have a child with in the future. You decide to do in vitro fertilization and then freeze the embryos. Is there, are there studies about freezing of embryos and their viability and their you know, relative intelligence and all of that stuff? I mean, is it a good thing to freeze living things? 
So it's I, that's the more common way that we do things now, actually. So the genetic testing that is pretty commonly performed um, requires you essentially to freeze the embryo because it takes time to get those results back. So most people who are undergoing in vitro fertilization at this point, um, because of the hormones and everything they take to stimulate the growth of the eggs, um, we recommend that after they have the procedure that they actually stop everything, let the hormones get out of their system, which means that we then freeze the embryos because the data shows that putting an embryo back when the hormones are more regular actually has better outcomes for the pregnancies. So there's better um, term deliveries. They're not delivering as early. The birth weight is in a better range. And so there's some less complications as we transfer embryos that are previously frozen than in a fresh cycle is what it's called, um, where all the hormones are kind of revved up. Um, I don't mean to go off topic here. (laughs) I don't mean to go off topic here, but I got... Yeah, Kelly, Kelly, I'm just putting this out there for you. We have to have another show on the other end of this because I'm thinking what happens when you have that frozen embryo with the person you want to have a baby with and you get divorced. So you got to find an attorney that specializes in this <laughs> stuff, and we got to get to the other end of this because it just opens up a whole can of worms. But that's another topic, okay. but put it on your list. Put it on your list. <laughs> Fascinating. Yes. There's always another angle to everything, right? But, okay, I have, yeah. getting back to the egg freezing 101, because I'm sitting here, like, scratching mm. my head going, well, what about this? What about that? So, doctor, when, if a couple decides to take an egg, whatever, freeze it, take the sperm and freeze it, or, wait, maybe they're, maybe they're not freezing yet. Maybe they, they want to create an embryo. So they're taking the egg. They're taking the sperm, and in the lab... In, dre- in vitro the, fertilization. But, hang on, it's not going back into the body. I think it's done in the lab, right, doctor? Are you... That's the in vitro. That means into, in glass well, hang, fertilization. Hang, I know. Hang on, Joe. Hang on. Are you doing it in the female's <laughs> body, or are you, you doing it in the lab and then freezing the embryo? So it's done in a lab. You're correct. And, and Joe, you're correct. Yeah. So in vitro fertilization occurs in the laboratory. So that's where we're taking the, the egg, we're taking the sperm, and then that goes into the embryology lab. And then they manipulate things and they get the fertilization to occur. They grow the embryos and check them. And so that all occurs in, in an IVF lab. And so our lab at SCRC is a great lab. We have fantastic success rates. We actually have a really interesting newer technology that's available, too, called the embryoscope. And so what that entails is um, when the egg and the sperm are put together, then traditionally they're put in an incubator that just sits on the bench and it gets checked every other day or so to see how things are progressing. But with this embryoscope, there is um, the incubator, and it also has a camera and a microscope and everything built in. So you don't need to remove the embryos to evaluate them. It has a camera that takes a picture every five to ten minutes. And so you can get a whole video of how an embryo is progressing. So all of this is done in the lab, and we have great technology to be able to monitor it and see how things are growing and developing. And using this technology, we're able to determine which embryos are dividing appropriately and kind of creating and getting to the stage where they need to be in the most uh, predictable and best and healthiest manner. Mm -hmm. And how many... A live embryo cam. We could have a watch party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Dr. Lauren, um, so if a couple is going to go that route and, and freeze the embryo, um, is it generally just one or do you do multiple? No. So all of the eggs that get taken out, um, if they're able to be fertilized with sperm, then we would do that. And so there's various ways that you can do it. Um, We can either inject the sperm directly into the egg, and that is something called ICSI, or intracytoplasmic sperm injection. Um, Or we just put Uh the eggs with the sperm um, and allow the sperm to to try and get into the egg on its own. So we have a lot of great tricks to kind of try and increase the success. Um, But we would fertilize as many eggs as we get and let them grow and develop um, to the point that they will. Not every fertilized egg will continue on, um, but we do fertilize as many as as the patient wants and then allow them to grow and develop. So it's a little nest. You'll have a little nest, 
and and you could theoretically have a watch party. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. There's probably another whole other law and rules about that too. <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, it's just, no, no. I just have to. I have to. I just have to mention this is um, we we have a watch party going on right now. Um, my backyard probably has a dozen different birds' nests at this point. Uh, for some reason, our backyard has become like bird condo, and so we literally we we go out every day and we check the eggs and to see who's hatching and uh yeah no that's exciting i didn't know any of this this is why everybody has to go to uh egg freezing 101 this is fascinating yeah it's really going to be a great program because people can come and they can ask their questions and similar to kind of what we're having a dialogue now is people can do it and ask their own questions and and it's going to be at salt creek grill as you said next wednesday at seven o'clock um and it'll be a kind of an informal thing where they can come they can get to know me get to know our center and get to know about the process so we're really looking forward to it going back to what kelly was saying about about getting the word out about this process and the options how do uh, is egg freezing 101 is that is that how you do is that how you do it uh, is this the only uh, means of getting the word out about how, how how do people learn about it so yeah i think really doing outreach is the biggest thing so i'm a big proponent of trying to educate women and men and couples about fertility and about the decline in fertility and what their options are so I do a lot on social media to try and increase awareness. I do a lot of educational programs to try and let people know. I give lectures and speaking events and various different things um, because no one wants to settle. Everybody wants to know what their choices are and be able to make informed and empowered decisions for themselves. So I really feel strongly that it's just a discussion that needs to happen doing egg freezing 101 outreach and we also do fertility 101 and just trying to get word out there so that people are educated and informed and then they can tell their friends their family members coworkers, etc um so really i'm a big proponent of that knowledge is power excellent absolutely <laughs> and then also something to note so people who attend um this egg freezing event on wednesday will get a free voucher to see me um for a one-on-one visit so it's a gift certificate that we can then go over and discuss their individual needs and desires versus a more global approach and discussion in a group. So that's another perk. And we do have night and weekend appointments available um, because I know that people are busy in their lives and careers and to be able to be a little bit flexible is nice. So that is a feature that we have and I'm happy to see patients um, to help accommodate them with that. Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mm. See, we learn something new every day, Joe. Kelly. That's right, as always. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I love this type of stuff, you know. And I, it's something. Oh, this is funny. Okay, sidebar. At the uh, Martini Summer Chamber Mixer on Wednesday, uh, one of our board members just found out they're having a baby, and for the first time, starting a young family. Congratulations! And then another person staying next to them. It was so funny. It, the conversation jumped from that to, oh boy, and, and Kelly, how do you know? How does you talk to your boys about sexual, you know, reproduction and everything, and and safety? I was, it was kind of <laughs> funny. The conversation literally went from congratulations to, okay, here's how I talk to my kids. But uh, <laughs> I think what <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, I, I'm a very, I was, I took the approach, more of a clinical approach, you know, early on, and more textbook clinical to talk to my boys very openly um, and appropriately, age appropriately, you know, at different times, but to not wait until they were whatever 14 you know to start talking about until they were sex and until, control, until you know uh, until they were until they were a lifeguard on Hermosa Beach you didn't wait correct right? Yes. No, definitely not. And so, because I didn't want the conversation to be awkward, you know, whether whenever it started, like maybe like a thirteen or twelve, I didn't want it to be awkward. So I, I did little bits and pieces, really, when they were very young, and I kept, of course, I kept it very G-rated, and or things would come up about something, and then you take that opportunity. But not everybody's comfortable doing that, and that's fine. But on this, in the same vein of that. I think talking about reproductivity or productivity, whatever, um, and the options 
is so important. I mean, we have to talk and we have to ask for help. And I think women don't always ask for help, you know, we, and things like this, we kind of keep it in and, and people struggle with it. And, um, I, it's, it's fascinating to me, you know, the options. It's fascinating how technology um, allows people to have, to create a family and who knows where, this conversation will be in five, ten, fifteen years. It, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, Doctor, do you have any? Or you, what, what's coming down the pipeline? Yes, Jackie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, well, I just, I just wanted to mention. You know, when, when my mother sat me down and had the conversation when I, when I first got my first period, or actually before I got my first period, she was very prepared. She mailed away to a. I think it was Kotex, and she got the package. You know, it, it was a box of stuff that came with reading material and stuff. And she sat me down, and she explained to me how it works. And you know, now you're a woman, and blah blah blah. And this is what can happen if you have sex and all that stuff. But I imagine I want it. What I want to know, Doctor Lauren, are 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 mothers sitting down with their daughters, and when they're having that talk, are they giving them this option? You know. Uh, that would that to me would be the next the ne- you know because everybody wants their children to grow up and be successful and find something they love uh you know meaning in their life you know and 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 you know everybody is you know you're going to school and you got to get a great education um it sounds like this is the conversation that needs to be had pretty early that this is an option yeah Right. I think it's great to let women and girls know what the options are and to let them feel like they have the information to make good choices. Um, obviously, when a woman or a girl is just getting her period, it's probably a little overwhelming to talk about all the options at that time. But, but yeah, as we get older, and I think it's something that, that I talk to a lot of OBGYNs about is just kind of discussing it with women and maybe when they're coming in for their annual checkup, kind of checking in, seeing where they're at if they're thinking about um, having a baby and if so, when, and talking about fertility and what that means and maybe not only just focusing on preventing fertility or birth control and things like that, but talking about kind of when to start planning and what we can do to optimize things and that and, and preserving fertility for the future because it's something that as more and more people are hearing about it and interested about it, then the more opportunity there is. Yeah, because now we know uh, Joe, you might know the stats on this. I'm not clear on the numbers, but now we know that uh, a child's brain doesn't fully form until like they're in their early 20s or something. Um, you know, when they're talking about mm. you know giving kids kids you know uh, more adult uh, things they're allowed to do as an adult, and 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 the doctors are saying, wait a minute, maybe that's not a good idea. You know, they're they're not. Their, their brains aren't fully formed. Form. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, Joe. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I mean to say I know for a fact I have a 25-year-old, and, uh, you know, this whole thing about people being uh, adults at 21, eh, yeah. maybe. Not quite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it takes a while. I mean, oh, oh, no, Jackie, we have talked about this before. The people that have the numbers, is the insurance industry. And the reason that young boys under the age of 25 have higher rates of car insurance is a fact of statistics. It is simply a fact of statistics that, that the, the human body, the human animal is not fully matured and responsible and calm and so forth uh, below the age of, rational, you know, rational. 20, 25. Yeah, whatever, you know, it's, it takes a while. <laughs> well, I think also, yeah. I think the, the male brain develops and is fully uh, matured uh, a year or two later than the female brain. I think there is statistics about that. It, I think it's the age of 23 before the male brain is fully developed. And, mm. It is mm. definitely slower than the female brain, um, and then you just add on just life maturity after that. So I agree with you with, it, with insurance costs, but um, I think it's twenty three yeah. for the male brain. It is definitely slower than the female brain. 
Mm-hmm. So girls mm-hmm. can handle this conversation a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is something, though, that I think for women, as we discussed a little bit earlier, is if they have cancer and to talk about that as an option because even if a girl is young, it's still something you want to bring up and, and let the, her know that there's options for her after she fights her battle because some chemotherapies and radiation can affect fertility. So so even having that discussion when somebody mm. is young kind of to help them have the ability for the future and the options for the future is also, I think, a great idea. Well, and there's wow. so many. Well, we're all um, about, yeah. There's Go so ahead, many people Kelsey. who get cancer at a younger age now, too. It's so sad. I mean, we know, we know young girls mm-hmm. here in town who, you know, are fighting, um, I don't know the technical name, but like brain cancer and other types of cancers. And they're elementary school level. You know, that's, I mean, hmm. cancer, it'd be interesting to see the, you know, the bar graph on how, you know, the age of fertility, but the age of, you know, cancer and, and how that all relates to each other too. But, um, you know, cancer isn't just for, you know, people who are in their 20s and 30s and 40s. Cancer, as we well know, strikes, you know, at any age and anywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a whole nother I don't know, you know, what laws and rules there are to freeze eggs, you know, with a younger person. But, um, again, it's having the technology, it's having the options, and that's, they're out there and just letting people know. Yeah, and fortunately, yeah. there's a lot of great programs that are out there that help support people as they go through the struggle because it's a lot. It's overwhelming. They have multiple doctor's appointments and visits, and their whole life is changing. But I'm happy to see patients. If they call, I try and get them in within the next 24 hours. I want to make the process as easy as possible for them. And so I'm happy to help support them in any way um, to try and, and get them the education and information that they need in a timely manner um, and, and provide resources mm-hmm. to them as well. Mm-hmm. We have a specialist well, in the neighborhood. This has been a fascinating discussion. <laughs> yes, we do. This has been a fascinating discussion, and we we just breezed over some of the the technical details, which I find fascinating, and I I find uh, uh, just sort of uh, uh, you know uh, people don't understand how uh, marvelous the female. Rep- reproductive system is to ensure the continuation of the species, um, you know, and uh, then when something goes wrong, as Kelly said, my wife um, said, you know, well, you know, after a few months, what's going on? Why isn't it happening? We made the decision. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, For my wife and I, it was not like that at all. It was like, well, uh (laughs) uh-oh, something's happened. (laughs) (laughs) all right Um, well listen everybody that's listening i just want to put this out there again dr lauren is going to host egg freezing 101 everything you need to know about fertility preservation on wednesday june 26th at salt creek grill Uh, that is that the salt creek grill in el segundo yep it is okay and it's from seven to nine it's free to attend and you said something about a voucher uh for attendees yes so all attendees will receive a free consultation voucher to visit with me uh, at our Torrance office. All right. And I want to point out, right. to Jackie, yeah, this is for women and for men. Women, men, couples, anybody, you know, it's not just for women. Obviously, there'll probably be a lot of women who do attend. But, you know, men are equally as welcome to attend this, too. Absolutely. Yeah, every. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be informed. Wow. Fascinating, fascinating discussion. As you said, we only touched the surface of it. So uh, if you want to learn more, attend Egg Freezing 101, everything you need to know about fertility preservation on Wednesday, June 26th at Soul Creek Grill at 7 o'clock. Uh, great show. Joe, we got to wrap it up. Well, it was a great show. Great subject. Um, that's a wonderful place to meet. Uh Great idea. That's that's the best kind of a of a uh, a business slash uh, social meeting gathering place. The Salt Creek Grill, wonderful. So thank you for joining us. Please tell thank your friends you. and neighbors about this. Uh, thank you, Lauren, and thank you, Dr. Sonheimer, and of course, thank you, Jackie and Kelly. Always a pleasure, Joe. It is always a pleasure. And, uh, I just want to point out one one. 
I want to point out one quick thing too, yeah. Joe. Anybody who's a little nervous about egg, egg freezing 101, it won't be out in the main part of the bar. It will be more in one of the private dining rooms. So <laughs> there will be a little, a little bit of privacy. So A little more discreet. Um, as you mentioned, it is a great social gathering place. But for egg freezing 101, they will be over in their private dining room too. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It will be comfortable, and it will be uh, very, very, very informative. Um, this is something that's very important for most people. Um, we're excited to offer this. Share this with your neighbors. Share this with your friends. If you think that they have any questions, uh, share this podcast with them. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>